Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And it's been a fantastic week for Manchester City, winning the League Cup. Then the 3-0 thrashing of Arsenal in the league. And then the most one-sided 1-0 victory in Premier League history against Chelsea. And I welcome two guests this week. One I've known all my life, as our mums were good mates. And the other I haven't known quite so long, but every meeting feels like a lifetime. Lifelong friend in the studio, David Blakeney. Welcome. Good evening. And on the phone, VAR fan and VAR expert, Ian Lees. <laughs> evening. Nice to see you, my friend. Um, listen, um, can we start, actually, with the Arsenal game? So this is not the League Cup. We, we did that. Uh, but the Arsenal game, just a few days after the League Cup. And Ian, what a fantastic first-half performance from the Blues. Oh, they, they, they just carried on, didn't they, where they left up against Arsenal and Arsenal again just didn't turn up, did they? Really? Three good goals, David. Well, would, you, would you say um, that was like three, three well, of the best goals people are talking about ever scored in a I, Premier League game or something? Is that right? Is that well, fair? I think they're unbelievable. But the Sunny goal—if you watch that Sunny goal, you could say Barcelona at the very best, and you'd be thinking, "There's no way that could be us." And it—it it was just remarkable. I, I think that was a. That should be contender for goal of the season because the amount of passing, and it was so quick. I think that first half, all their passing was brilliant. I think they went to sleep a bit in the second half. They couldn't be bothered. I think they just wanted to get through. But they, did, they didn't need to. They no, didn't, no. They, they just, they, they've got, obviously, they have the Chelsea game coming yeah. up the weekend, which we'll come on to. And they just didn't need to no. get out of second gear. They just, just, just passed it on. around. But what, I had some very good views. I was, had some great seats. What amazed me, how crisp that passing is barely making a mistake and what was unbelievable is you've got to be an unbelievable footballer to, to play that intensity of passing and I thought it was, it was fantastic Lizzy, this this team that we've put together, that, that Pep's put together now, it, it really is a, it's just, we've gone to a different level haven't we and that, and that first half against Arsenal uh, having beaten them just a few days earlier in the Carabao Cup, to, to go out there, you'd expect Arsenal to get a reaction from, from Arsenal, but but we just didn't give them a chance, did we? Some of the football we played was outstanding. Well, well this is it. And if we go back to last season, when we beat, uh, or the season before when we beat Liverpool in the, uh, in the same cup, the following week we played them again and they outplayed mm. us. Um, and it was, and I thought, God, uh, this is going to be a banana skin, but 
it, it was it was just like carried on from the League Cup. It was just like another half of it. It was it was ridiculously good. And, and what I found amazing now is teams are now frightened of Man City. They don't want to come and play. They they want to defend and say, okay, we've lost the three points. Let's just keep the goal tally down. Which you know must be a one nil as soon as you walk on the pitch for for, for Pepper uh, and his side. I mean, it, it, David, you and I were both there at the at, we travelled to, to the Arsenal game. Uh, it was pretty cold. I saw a couple of very worried-looking brass monkeys during the evening as well. It was that cold, I have to say. Um, and uh, what about the atmosphere? It was just an odd atmosphere. Yeah. So it was the stadium was the city end was pretty full yeah. as you'd expect at an away game. Lots of atmosphere, lots of noise, plenty of comments about Wembley and supporting Wenger from that end of the ground. But it was less than half full. It was a really strange atmosphere yeah. at the Emirates. It's not it's not the loudest stadium at the best of times. I thought it was not only quiet. They, none of the fans were interested. In fact, I don't know why any of them turned up, really, because they all got there, knowing they were going to get beat. They weren't interested. The fans just were like, were there to batter Wenger and the players. But the players have got a great home record. Arsenal got a good home record. If you look at their record, have they beaten us? It would have been the same record as United have got at home. And everyone's saying it's a great record. So maybe we're just that good as opposed to them being that poor at home. And, and, and Lise is just talking about Arsenal for a second, and Wenger in particular, who looks a broken man, I have to say. Uh, lots of uh, boos at half-time. And, of course, they lost this weekend as well, again against Brighton. Y- your thoughts on him and his future? I mean, he seems to be hanging on in there, doesn't he? He, he seems to be, but I, what I'm surprised at, I don't think he's had the big support from his board because he seems to have sold a lot of players but not been there to replace them. You know, Sanchez would have been a, a first-choice player in, in the, the League Cup final and against the league against us, but he, he lost him and he's brought in Aubameyang, who, you know, has not made it. Lacazette has not done much for him. So I think he, he's a worried man at the moment. See, Nigel, I'll tell you one thing. Have you seen the age of their board? Uh, I, I haven't seen the age of that. I've got some stats here in front of me. Well, if you look at the age of their board, I think most of them are 80. And Arsenal the, board. It is, and if you look at the City board and how dynamic they are and, and how sort of visionaries they are, and you compare the two boards, it says it all because they play like their board, just all very old and... and not with the new times. But but you talk about the Invincibles, you talk about Wenger being the, the, the manager that everybody wanted to play the sort of football Arsenal were playing. You've also talked about their league record against us at the Emirates in yeah, particular. Yeah. It's amazing how quickly the tables have turned. Once in 40 years we beat them in London. I think we haven't got the double over them since the mid-70s. But we've beaten twice in a week in London. Fantastic. So you think, Lizzy, that Wenger's going to hang on? Do you think he's, uh, you say he hasn't got the support of the board, do you think he's going to hang on or do you reckon he's, uh, he's, uh, he's on his way? It, it, it's, it's a difficult question, isn't it? And I think they might, the board might just give him that option to, to stand down rather than be pushed, to be honest with you. But I think there has to be a change at Arsenal. Um, 
and I think David picked up on a, on a great point earlier about um, Sheikh Mansour and the board of, uh, of directors at Man City because obviously they work with Pep and if you think about it last season we didn't win a, 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 a cup at all we didn't play that particularly well other than the first nine games and probably most boards would have said Pep have had enough thank you very much bye bye but we've kept to him we've stuck with him we know what he could do and that's all because the board that he's got is from uh, Barcelona or wherever he's come from from Spain and they know what he can do and obviously we're feeling the dividends today just just defending Wenger for a second and, and people have been very critical of him and there's lots of people talking about Wenger out if you compare their record in recent seasons with say their neighbours just across town at Tottenham Hotspur who have won absolutely nothing in a number of seasons I can't remember the last time they won anything 1961 or something uh, but but at least Wenger has scored has won a, a couple of FA Cups in 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 in, in recent yeah, seasons. They don't want that anymore. People no, but, but, want but, people but, to make effort but to show on, but, they care. So why my question? What I was going on to my question is: If Wenger is under such pressure, having won a couple of cups in the last few years, over at Spurs they've won nothing. So why is there not the same pressure on their young manager to go? Because they can see where Spurs are going and they see where. Arsenal are going. Spurs are going nowhere. They're still they're going to win well, nothing this year again. They'll still get in the Champions League. They've still got a chance of the FA Cup, and they played very well in Europe. And Arsenal can't get anywhere near Spurs. Pochettino out. That's what I say, Lizzie. Nah, yeah. Well, the, other, the fellas, the other thing is, would you which team would you want to watch at the moment, Tottenham or Arsenal? And I think Tottenham are playing the better football with Harry Kane and uh, the lads there than watching Arsenal at the moment. I'd sooner watch a, a Spurs match than an Arsenal game at the moment. Excuse me, Lizzie. People, I'm sick and tired of hearing people talk about Harry Kane. Let me tell you, Phil Foden at the end of the season, will win the following. A Premier League medal, a Carabao Cup medal, a World Cup medal. Harry Kane has won nothing again. Oh, and World Player of the Year as well. And exactly, World yeah. Player of the Year. There's four things. Harry Kane has won nothing again. Why are oh, we no. talking about Phil Foden, not Harry Kane, every week? No, no, I, Nigel, I absolutely agree with you. But when you're comparing Arsenal and, and Tottenham together, you know, Wenger's, you're quite right, has won a, a, an FA Cup and he, his history does, uh, speaks for itself. And yes, Tottenham. But at the moment, this last couple of seasons, fans want to watch football. And, you know, the, even neutral fans are watching Man City now because it's just wonderful football to watch. Well, listen. You know, I, I remember a comment after the Stoke uh, game. Now, Stoke fans are hardy fans. And uh, I met one on the on station and he turned around and he said, you, you know, I could have watched that for another 45 minutes. <laughs> I, you know, and they were getting beat 7-2. <laughs> but he enjoyed the football. And, and I think this is what it's about now. Fans are enjoying football. Arsenal are certainly not playing football. Tottenham are. And certainly Man City are the best of the best. Actually, the one most important thing is... Everyone said Pep will never win in England anything because he's got too expansive his football. And now everyone's going, well, Marino, he's got the wrong tactics, he's too negative. And suddenly everyone supports, if you don't play this type of football now, you're not going to do it. Liverpool doing the same. Well, I haven't heard many people talking about Pep being a fraud this no, year. No, exactly. Pl- plenty of people talking about that last season, but absolutely this season. I think. And, and the important thing is, he's going about money, but he's bought well. And not for, I mean, yeah, 50 million might be a lot for a defender, but at least he's buying well and they're good. And look at how good Kyle Walker is. And all Spurs fans wanted to do, get rid of him. He said, oh, he's not good enough. 
He's superb. He's great. Listen, be- before we carry on, before we talk about the Chelsea game, I just want to remind you that we're back for the season by Ladbrokes. Uh, go to bet.citypodcast.net for exclusive specials and promotions. So that's uh, bet.citypodcast.net, and thanks to our uh, our sponsors, Ladbrokes, for that. So uh, can we talk then about some of these stats that have come out from the Chelsea game? Are just frightening. I mean, I've, I've written some of them down here. The, you know, the Opta stats that started in 2004. Um, before we do, that's 14 home wins in a row, first of all. But... 902 passes completed. Gundogan, 181 touches. Uh, but we only had 71% possession, which is, you know, disappointing, really, was it? Felt it was 80s like... at one stage. <laughs> it was. So, so those stats, uh, Leasy, um, that's a record for the Premier League, by the way, 902 passes since, since 2004, since records began. So how's that? That's uh, some record, isn't it? It, it is, but it does it, does it does it surprise any City fans at the moment? I'm surprised we haven't gone past the thousand mark yet. To be honest with you, the way we're passing, because Pep's believes in if we've got the ball and we pass it, they can't have the ball and they can't score. So you know, I'll be waiting to see the day we do uh, touch the thousand passes mark. To be honest, but but Lisa, we're now 25 points ahead of Chelsea. And, and and if you were a Chelsea fan, you talked about the Stoke fan, I've talked about Spurs and so on. If you were a Chelsea fan turning up to that game, how, how would you feel, do you think, after that performance? Because they came clearly for a draw. They came, I think they they borrowed Mourinho's bus, didn't they, for the weekend? Uh, Part that up. And for for the reigning champions to play like that, as a Chelsea fan, having made that journey up to the Etihad, how do you think they were all feeling? Um, well, as a fan, you'd be disappointed. And I think um, it's like every other manager in the Premier League at the moment. They come to the Etihad and, like we said, they park the bus. There's more buses at the Etihad at the moment than there is at Piccadilly Station. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, you know, they're all coming in various shapes and sizes. You know, Tottenham did the same thing. In, in fact, if you look at it, what has surprised me most of all, you look at these top uh, managers in the Premier League, Pochettino, uh, Mourinho, uh, Kante, everybody, and yet it's three championship um, managers that have done the best against Man City. What with um, Paul, um, the Wigan manager, what with um, Lee Johnson, and you've got the Wolves manager. They were the three best teams that have been to the Etihad. Yeah, it's a great point. It's a great point. And it's fair enough, isn't it, David? That, isn't it? Uh, that is fair. It, what worried me yesterday a little bit for how dominant we were, it was so laboured that we, you know, to have a game like that, we should be getting scoring more. And I'm just quite surprised we didn't score more. And uh, what is it that sometimes we have these games and we just about scrape through when we completely annihilate in other teams? And to be fair, it was a defensive error that got us the goal yeah, as well. We, yeah, and it could have been a lot of games this season. We just squeak through, haven't we? Just either at the end or maybe a lucky goal and held on. And that's the only thing that worries me. Like yesterday, I sort of felt that if they put the two front men on with 15, 20 minutes to go and gave us a real go. I can hear some listeners, David, so shouting at No, the, they might be shouting. Saying, saying we've just scraped through to be 18 points ahead of the Premier, no, no, of the no. Premier League. But yesterday we only won 1-0. We did scrape through and it was a bit nerve-wracking at the end. When, when you have that much possession, that many passes... To be one nil is it was a bit 
nerve-wracking at Le- the end, wasn't it? Lizzie, help us out here. Total, total domination. <laughs> you know, we've had these conversations. No, you're right. So, 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 Lizzie, Lizzie's our expert on this. I know he's expert on everything, VAR, everything. So, 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 what David's saying, Lizzie, is total domination at, at times over eighty percent possession. At the end of the game, it was only seventy-one. I think I said, uh, but actually, a, a break away from them uh, could have sealed it. And in the end, it was a defensive error that got us the goal that we needed to win the game. Should we be scoring? Should True, we be scoring more goals? How many, ga- how many games are we are into the season? We're, we're twenty-nine games into the season, and that's the first time it's happened. And uh, that was a top-six club with a good record of defence. So one-nil, I was happy with. Um, because in the past we've seen it with City before. When we've gone one nil up, we've got the bre- uh, they've got the breakaway and scored. I this is the first season I can actually sit back and say, hey, one nil against Chelsea. I was happy with. We broke them down. Sane was magnificent. Gundogan was awesome. You know, and it doesn't matter who you put in that side now. The two youngsters uh, are brilliant. Uh, it doesn't matter which goalkeeper you put in there now. It, you know, we were talking about Bravo last season and saying, oh, God, how what a bad keeper he was. Look what he's done this season. So, all in all, I think the confidence uh, Man City fans should have with a 1-0 win against a defence like Chelsea, I'd be happy with, and, to be and, honest with you. And again, Lizzie, to be fair, he did play with five at the back. You know, he he set himself up with, with five at the back, which is, <laughs> at whatever side you are, it's not easy to break that sort of defence down, is it, to be fair? That's right, absolutely. And, and with Sane on the left at the moment, the way he's playing, um, you know, they must have been frightened coming on the pitch straight away. So I reckon they've gone away thinking, God, that was one deal. We, we, we look at well, it was only one. Uh, and just a, a couple of other, I suppose, people to note. Uh, Laporte, we haven't seen a huge amount of him. He, he slotted oh, in. I uh, look at yesterday. Uh, and, you know, that it looks like he's been there all season. He slotted in yes. well, didn't he? He's, uh, I, all right. I thought Laporte was great. Otamendi's been superb. Zinchenko, um not a big fan of at the moment. I think. I can't wait to get Mendy back, to be honest. Well, Mendy's back in training. I I read that Mendy's back in training. I've seen photographs of him on the training pitch. So maybe less tweets from him and and, and more football. I like seeing Janko playing his proper position. As a midfielder. Yeah, because you don't really... Because most of his football is just sideways passing. And I'd like to see what he would be like in his true position. Lizzie, I'm keen to get your view on Zinchenko's challenge on Victor Moses. Uh, Mr Oliver deemed it as just a, a caution. I, I, I've seen those red carded, my friend. Would you oh. heart in your mouth when you saw him slide in there? Nigel, you bring me on to referees again, don't you? Just and to be honest with you... Pure, purely <laughs> accidental, my friend. Purely accidental. <laughs> um, I have to say, I think possibly other referees may have seen that tackle in a different light to be honest with you um and i think he was very lucky um and all right we've we've had we, you know we had the dell situation the we've had the books balanced yesterday to be honest with you so that's all i'm going to say on that one <laughs> i think the one thing about that one was it's because he went through the middle of the legs instead of going straight into the leg that he didn't get sent off because mm. he had his foot right up. That he wasn't was exactly. It wasn't exactly in control, as they no, say, was he? Was so that was poor. It was. Um, and yeah, and, and, and his foot was safe. You looked at his studs; they were they were pretty high. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a lucky boy, I think. To be, I don't think we would have been arguing too much. Uh, 
on this podcast this week if if he'd seen seen red, and, and that could have changed things significantly. But it didn't, and it's another three points, and 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 we're there. What about can I just mention for Bernardo Silva as well? Oh, who fantastic. What, what a player he oh. looks, and, and he's, score, he's scoring goals now as well. Doesn't it show we have the same with Sane? It takes some time; they need game time. But once he's got going now, he's superb. And actually, that ball sticks to his foot. And uh, I think it's been brilliant. Your, your thoughts on Bernardo Silva? Uh, a, a perfect uh, replacement for his dad, David? Oh, absolutely. Well, I wouldn't say perfect uh, replacement because I think slightly mm. two different players. But he's got a sweet left foot. That curler that he puts in the top corner, he's, he's done that word, uh, once or twice this season. Um, but again, you talk about any of the players, they just slot in now. Uh, you know, you're not frightened of any of them, uh, even Foden and um, Zhikenko coming in. You know, they they, they slot into the system um, and they'll only get better now. And your thoughts of Mendy? So I mentioned quickly that he's back in training. Um, clearly, uh, I think the sort of time he was given was if we get through to the Champions League semi-finals, around that time that he's going to be ready. Your thoughts, Lizzie? Do, does Pep slot him straight back in? Um, Delph, of course, will be eligible again to be back after his suspension. Sinchenko's not done a bad job there either. So he's got choices at left-back, albeit Mendy's probably the only real left-back that we've got. Danilo's done a job in there as well, of course. But your thoughts, is it Mendy straight in regardless because he's just a world-class player and we saw what he could do for Bonaco against us in the Champions League last year. We've not seen much of him in a sky blue shirt. Your, your thoughts on Mendy? No, I, d- I don't. If you look at it, um, the way Pep's been working this season, uh, I don't think he'll bring him straight back, to be honest with you. You know, it's the same with Jesus. He's not brought him straight back. He's left him on the bench. I think he'll leave Delph in there because he's been the surprise of the season, to be honest with you. Um, he's played well there. He's done as good as. Um, but again, as the season goes on and possibly when we win the uh, Premier League trophy in four games' time, then he may bring him in um, and just ease him back in. I don't think any person in that team has got the right to be there under Pep, to be honest with you, only on performance. I've got a feeling David wants to see Mendy in a sky blue shirt. Yeah, my my only concern is how will Mendy play with Sane? Because if you recall when he did play at the beginning of the season, Sane wasn't getting in the side. Now you cannot leave him out. And I think there's a conflict between the way Mendy plays and the way Sane plays. And that'll be interesting to see what happens because Mendy just bombs down that wing. And that sunny territory, so... But but to be fair, Walker does the same as well. Are you saying that Mendy does it differently? So Walker on the right side, and we've still got Sterling when he's fit. We've now got Bernardo Silva on the right, and it well, just seems to work there I on the right. I think Sterling t- on the right tends to cut in more, where Sunny does really hug that wing, but Mendy goes a bit further than even he can go. I think they conflict a bit more than on the right-hand side. Because why wasn't Sonny playing at the beginning when Mendy was playing? I'm sure he said there was a bit of a conflict. Well, he can only uh, play 11. I think that's the issue. No, I know. It, it, it's a hard one to... to <laughs> that's where they've got to gel Absolutely. together, don't they? I think on that note, we should take a quick break and we'll be straight back after this. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrooks. Welcome back. Uh, Let's talk then about Champions League. And Wednesday night, of course, we play Basel uh, at the Etihad. 4-0 
from the first leg, so we go in with a pretty good, uh, clear advantage. How do you think Pep is going to approach this, David, in terms of lineup? Do you, do you expect to see many changes, or is he going to go in there with a strong starting lineup and just try and take this tie away from them completely? How do you see him sort of setting us setting us up? I think he'll have fairly strong side again. Might give a couple of the key players a rest, but the rest I think he'll leave in and wait till half time then give them a rest after and uh, then give the youngsters. So I think he'll look to get a couple of goals lead at half-time. Then you've got sixth goal lead and then you say, right, go and show what you can do. Uh, Leesy, your thoughts? What sort of names do you think we're going to start seeing? Do you think, is he going to give Foden a chance? Is maybe Aguero have a rest? He's, 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 been, he's been played most of the games, hasn't he, over the last few well, weeks? I think so. I think we're fairly fairly safe to get into the uh, semi-finals now. So it's I think he'll bring he'll start with quarterfinals. Of course, sorry, quarterfinals. I think he'll start with Jesus. That's I think he'll give Aguero a rest. Um, Gundogan, I think he might give a rest and give Foden a full run. Um, yeah, I, I, I can see him giving people a rest um, just to knowing that we're half halfway there. Lizzie, I've, I've been asked this question a lot over the last sort of 12 months, you know, are we going to win the Champions League? And, I, and I've said no consistently, thinking that we're still a season or two away from that, just in terms of our experience and sort of the strength of the squad and, 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 and continuing to play and improve the pet, improve the, and play the pet way. Your view is, it, clearly, we're, 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 it, we're almost through to the quarterfinals, aren't we now? I think it's fair to say, with a 4-0 with a advantage after the first leg. Your thoughts about our chances, realistically, to win the competition? I, I think so. I think um, I think we sh- we surely should get to semi-finals. That's um, uh, every t- every year now we should be looking to aim semi-finals. But I still think Paris Saint-Germain are still uh, a good team. Uh, you've got the Barcelona's, the Real Madrid, Real Madrid against PSG. The Real Madrid have had a terrible season, but they're not. We we don't know how savvy we are at this point because hmm. that counts for a lot at this stage. So. We're capable, yes, but do we have that savviness about us? I don't know. And also, I'll tell you, the one, the outsider for me, is Liverpool. Really? Yeah, I think um, if we draw Liverpool, because is it the next rounds we start? Yeah. We can start drawing. Oh yeah, we, yeah. We could, a number of English teams we could be uh, drawing yeah. against. Absolutely. Why? Why, uh, why I, Liverpool? I mean, great going forward, a fantastic front three, but defensively, even with Virgil Van Dijk, they're, they're not quite a defensive force. You'd expect to win a Champions League, would you? Well, again, if you look at Klopp, he's. Try- I don't know whether uh, he's trying to emulate Pep or not, but he seems to be building his side very similar. To Pep side, and that uh, I think, as you've seen, that you know, I'd, I'd love them to murder Man United <laughs> in the next game, but uh, you know, but uh, I think that's the danger for me. I think Liverpool's the the danger one. Mm. Not not the Harry Kane team, so Harry can win something because he's not won anything. Did, did you remember I mentioned earlier in the show that Harry Kane's not won anything yet? Yes, I know. I've, I've, you keep telling me that at the moment. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he might. I have to say, he has won. Uh, was it Player of the Year? PFA Player of the Year? Yeah. Well, that thing that Aguero's never won. You mean that that fixed fixed well, competition? Well, I, I tell. Well, I'm. I, I tend to agree with you on that night because if Kevin De Bruyne and Phil Foden don't win them two trophies this year, there will be. Um, I think that there is something uh, yeah. that well, you can say about so it. We'll let Sane win the young one if Foden doesn't. I suppose. Actually, so, he I forgot about Foden. He got the young BBC Young Sports Personality of the Year as well. He's had loads of things, hasn't That's he? That's another one. <laughs> Add him to this. He's, 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 he's weighed down with trophies. God, Harry's way behind now. Listen, 
Uh, before we go, let's quickly talk about Stoke away as well. Sort of, you know, a cold, windy night at Stoke uh, on a Monday night. It's normally a Tuesday, but we're going for a Monday. Uh, thoughts, David, about on that? Obviously, we don't know what's going to happen uh, in the Basel game. But finally, just your thoughts about that game at Stoke? Yeah, I can't see other than three points there. And David? Well, we should win. <laughs> you always get a little bit worried still of how good we are now in you just don't want of those. Don't want another Wigan out, do you? No. All right. Well, listen. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, having my two guests, to David Blakeney and to Ian Lees. Thank you, and thank you to listening. And we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Man City Show is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.